Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Billboard Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hi, Katie. How are you? Hey, Keith. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am okay. Uh, I'm having trouble getting into the Christmas spirit. I'm not. Oh, (laughs) maybe it's because you have kids in the family and, you know, little ones. No, I feel you. I'm 100% like doing it all for the kids, uh, playing Christmas music morning and night. Uh, So I think the Christmas spirit has found me more than I have found it. (laughs) Um, Well, it's a good thing because we're going to be talking a lot about Christmas on today's show. Mm -hmm. uh, Because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop and often Christmas on Billboard's weekly charts, in addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got very jolly chart news about how Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You returns to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart and is the most popular song in the world as it hits number one on the Global 200. Plus, how there's a record-tying five holiday songs in the top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100, where Jose Feliciano's Feliz Navidad hits the top 10 for the very first time. Oh, but wait, there's more. On the Billboard 200 albums chart, Shawn Mendes gets his fourth number one, and half of the top 10 albums this week are holiday sets, the first time that's happened since 2013. This is so exciting. See, I'm helping this with all the Christmas music in my house. Plus, we're talking about Taylor Swift's surprise new album, Evermore, and one of its most talked about songs, Nobody, No Crime with Haim. Oh, I didn't realize it rhymed until I said it out loud. Could this signal a full-on return to country for Taylor? Here's hoping. We will chat all about it. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. I like the way it's like, nobody, no crime. It's like, no woman, no crime. With time, it rhymes. With time, it rhymes. <laughs> yeah, man. Not where she's going with the nope. song. Absolutely not. All right, we'll talk about that in a second. First, let's do the chart chat. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You returns to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart rising from number two a week ago. The song, which was first released in 1994 on Carrie's Merry Christmas album, and first spent three weeks at number one last holiday season, clocks its fourth Merry Week at number one on the Hot 100, also tying for the most weeks at number one among holiday hits in history. The only other holiday song to hit number one was the Chipmunks Chipmunk song, and it spent four weeks at number one starting in December of 1958. By the way, when I guessed the Chipmunk song last week as the only other song that had been to number one, I don't know that I realized that it was just called the Chipmunk song. I was just like, hey, was it that Chipmunk song? <laughs> hey, was it that yes. Chipmunk song? And indeed, that is the, t- the title of it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, All I Want for Christmas is You drew 31.4 million in U.S. streams, which is up 19%. And sold 7,000 copies, which is up 8% in the U.S. in the week ending December 10th, according to Nielsen Music MRC data. It also garnered 27.1 million radio airplay audience impressions, which is up 11% in the week ending December 13th. Meanwhile, another carry track, Oh Santa, 
featuring Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson, which we talked about on last week's show and probably a show before that, uh, debuts at number 76 on the Hot 100 and also enters at number 17 on the Adult Contemporary Songs Airplay chart. Uh, But wait, there's more. All I Want is also the biggest song in the world. As it reaches number one, probably on the North Pole as well, where Santa lives, Mm -hmm. as it reaches number one on the Billboard Global 200 chart. Now, this chart measures streams and sales activity culled from more than 200 territories, again, possibly Santa's village, around the world, as compiled by Nielsen Music MRC Data of course. I did Mariah Carey. see. Mariah was quite tickled by this as well. She tweeted about that particular factoid as well. On, yeah. Uh, on and Monday. I, well, and I saw earlier this weekend that um, it had hit number one in the UK for the first time. It didn't right. go number one last year like it did here. So, so Mariah. She's number one for the first time, number one in the UK, number one in the US, number one in the world. It was making me think of Love Actually. Like, well, first of all, there's a huge scene at the end of Love Actually that uses this specific song, but it also like a plot line throughout the whole thing is about who's going to get that Christmas number one in the UK because it's a big deal there every year. It is. So it's like it's like these worlds all colliding into one like, oh, it is the Mariah Carey song that is the finale of that movie that is getting that number one finally. Time for Love Actually 2. <laughs> With the actual, Start. the meta plot line, like that actually has Mariah in it. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can see it now. I mean, the cast can all come back. I mean, it'd be great. Oh, except for Alan Rickman. Sorry. I'll be sad. Well, yes. <laughs> I'm over here. I'll stop being sad. <laughs> Um, All right, well, next up, staying with the Hot 100, All I Want is one of a record-tying five holiday songs in the top ten. All I Want is joined by Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, which grows four to three. Bobby Helms' Jingle Bell Rock jumps nine to five. They're laughing and singing and having a, nope, that's the wrong song. That's two doors (laughs) down. I'm talking about nine to five. What a way to make a living. Okay, Andy Williams, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, climbs 12 to 6, which is a new peak for the song. And Jose Feliciano's Feliz Navidad rises 16 to 10, marking its very first week in the top 10. Love that. Um, So five holiday hits first, as Hot 100 chart manager Gary Trust puns, I mean puts it, slayed the competition in the top 10 on the chart dated January 4th, 2020. When Burl Ives' is A Holly Jolly Christmas uh, was in place of Feliz Navidad that week. So we've had five holiday songs in the top ten before. Can we go for six? How about seven? I mean, probably. How, how high can we go? <laughs> I Check honestly, in next week. I think this is all happening so early this year because, like Keith was saying, he's having tr- trouble getting into the holiday spirit. People are, like, trying. They're, they're trying hard. They're playing all the music. Um, well, lastly, on the Billboard 200 album chart, Sean Mendez uh, hits number one, or debuts at number one, I'm sorry, with his new album, Wonder, securing the singer-songwriter his fourth number one album. All four of his full-length studio albums have now debuted at number one. Nice, nice track record there, Sean. Um, all right, staying with the top ten on the Billboard 200, a full five holiday albums are in the region this week, the most since December 2013, uh, when there were also... Five holiday sets in the top 10. This week, Michael Bublé's former number one, Christmas, climbs six to four. 
Carrie Underwood's My Gift rises nine to five. <laughs> a new peak. <laughs> Should Keith start Nat singing King- again? <laughs> I'm not going to do that again. Uh, Nat King Cole's The Christmas Song soars 12 to seven. Pentatonics, The Best of Pentatonics Christmas rises 16 to eight. And Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas climbs 15 to 10. Well, I just learned that Nat Ting- King Cole named his album The Christmas Song. Did not know that until just now. Uh, it also, would you believe that it contains, it doesn't even have the Christmas song on Stop. it. No, it, it, of course I was it gonna... does. Of course. <laughs> I would believe because. Can you imagine? <laughs> yes, you totally tricked me into thinking that. Uh, okay, I don't want to leave the Christmas talk, but it's time for some Taylor talk instead because last week. By the week, way. Yes. Taylor does have her own Christmas EP, so, you know, we're keeping it kind of Christmas. And she put out Christmas Tree Farm as a Lucy right. song. Was it last year or the year before? It was, I think it was last year. Well, I think it was last year? I'm not sure. <laughs> hey, we'll go ahead and it check exists. that out. It's out there. Hey. hey. Um, okay. So last week, Taylor Swift surprised fans with a brand new album, Evermore, not even five months after the release of yet another surprise album, Folklore. What are you so, doing to us, Taylor? Oh, my gosh. Uh, what are you doing to <laughs> your label, your publicist? Like, she's literally just surprising people left and right. But so, it's great. It's music from Taylor Swift. It's thrilling. And aside from Taylor Swift's very prolific 2020, one of the most talked about songs on the new album is the Heim collaboration, No Body, No Crime. It is just, it is a hoot, first of all. It is a classic country murder slash infidelity song which who doesn't I was, love those <laughs> i was looking up some other examples and uh carrie underwood's two black cadillacs came to mind which is about two like a wife and a mistress teaming up to kill a dude it, it's a whole oh, wow it really is I, a subgenre. no <laughs> and then of course the chicks goodbye earl um if you that one i know that well one. Yes. yes. And speaking of the chicks, they, they actually tweeted at Taylor and Haim on Friday after the album was released, writing sisters before misters. And then they, <laughs> they hashtagged it with goodbye, Earl, nobody, no crime and evermore album. So good promo wow. all around. Um, my big question after hearing this song, I mean, like I was listening to evermore, like everybody else, right when it was released, right at midnight. And when I got to the song, I was like, whoa, it just bowled me over immediately because it is, you know, it's a full-on country song. And while Taylor has had some moments of dipping her toe into back into the country pool, this one felt like a real just firm country moment. So now the question is, does this mean that we're going to get a Taylor Swift like country album someday, maybe? It'll, it'll be a surprise country album next Friday. <laughs> That's very possible. I, I think we can start by talking about where Taylor and country music sort of broke up back in 2014 when Swift very famously declared that her upcoming album, 1989, would be her very first pop album, pop start to finish. And then the two albums that came next, Reputation and Lover, were very firmly in that pop sphere too. And I guess it took this insane year, 2020, it took a pandemic for Taylor to kind of just drop all the pop trappings and strip things back to her acoustic beginnings. And first with folklore, which apparently opened the creative floodgates and now with evermore. Um, it's, it's just wild. I mean, it fits. I think that this kind of back to nature stripped down thing fits this quiet time that we're having. So it makes sense. Um, and as I mentioned on folklore, um, you know, there was a little bit of that um, country toe dipping there as well. Um, there's a there's a song that radio has sort of embraced, right, Keith? Uh, yeah, country radio. 
yeah. uh, the, the song Betty yeah. uh, became a country hit. It's been on the country airplay chart for, I think, 20 weeks um, in the, the top. I think it's mostly been in the top 40 the entire time for 20 weeks. And uh, I remember the first time I heard Folklore and I was listening to it and I got to Betty and I'm like, this sounds like it could be something you would hear on country radio. Like, and it seems, and then lo and behold, they took it to country radio and it became a country radio hit. Yeah. And I mean, I think that it kind of feels like one of the, just a girl and a guitar songs that Taylor started out with like white horse or 15. Um, You know, it definitely has that same feel as, as the way she started. But the fun thing about nobody, no crime for me is how it sort of feels like Miranda Lambert could record it or Carrie Underwood or Little Big Town or Lady A and could have a current huge hit with the song. Not just one of these like quiet, you know, Taylor gems, but like one of those big old hit Taylor songs, but on country Um, or Mm. maybe Taylor herself, uh, you know, if country radio decides to transition from Betty to Nobody, No Crime and start playing that eventually, Um, you know, they don't pick things up quite as quickly as pop radio. They like to let things uh, like run for a long time. People have like long journeys to number one on country radio. So it sort of, and there's, and they're still actively promoting the folklore album. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, Oh, that one that came out in July. Right. (laughs) It's not that long ago. That that album. (laughs) Uh, But Keith, um, talk to me. You, you listened to nobody, no crime. Uh, What did you think about the song? I mean, from the opening notes, the country, the, the instrumentation just screams country. Yeah. You just you just think, oh, I'm I'm hearing instruments that I would hear in a country song. The way she sings the verses, the, there was just something about it. There was like a staccato way that she sang it. I kind of thought of Before He Cheats mm. in the way that she kind of delivers the phrasing. It's like, dun, 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 dun. Totally. Well, it's the attitude of it. Yeah, it's the attitude. And it's that's the, attitude. the Carrie and the Miranda. That's like, that's what it is, 100%. That can, and obviously Taylor can pull off that, that attitude as well, but it's the attitude of women on country radio, like that we expect, uh, you know? Yeah. Um, so when I heard those two things, I'm like, yeah, this, this could be a song that country radio could embrace um, even considering how sometimes notoriously finicky country radio can be with almost anything. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was just all, all the sort of rhymes and uh, sort of kind of little asides. Oh, the Olive it. Garden mention. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's, but I mean, that's what, you know, that's what Taylor does really well in a lot of her songs. That's what country music is so known for, like the kind of like witticisms mm-hmm. and, and kind of like puns. It's just, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I had to say. There you go. <laughs> well, I, I think we're on the same page. And uh, I think that the fact that Country Radio embraced Betty is a great sign for a much clearer hit song, like with No Body, No Crime. Because Betty, yeah. while a great song, is not like you wouldn't say like, oh, Carrie or Miranda would turn that into a big boot stomper or something. Like that's not, you know, the vibe of that song. So... Right. Um, I did want to say too, like Taylor, um, you know, it's not like she abandoned country music or anything. I think that she, you know, realized that she wanted to maybe like see kind of the very heights that she could reach and, and being a pop star, especially globally might make a little more sense as far as like getting your music 
to as many human beings as possible. And obviously it worked since she became the biggest pop star in the world. And, uh, but there are obviously moments that she has stayed with country. Like when she wrote better man and gave it to little big town to record in 2016, she was just like, Oh, I wrote this thing that I'm not singing right now, but you'd be great at it. And that's an amazing song. Sure. And then she also wrote babe, which was picked up by Sugarland, And then they actually recorded it with Taylor's backing vocals in 2018. And I started to think maybe re-recording her old music from early in her career, um, which is something that she's now doing thanks to the battle with Big Machine and Scott Borchetta and Scooter Braun and the whole nine. Um, maybe re-recording that old music could be sparking some of that, you know, mindset as well, potentially, you know? Maybe. She's like revisiting that that world, um, starting with Love Story for that Ryan Reynolds Match.com commercial. It just all feels like the pieces are like falling into place for... You know, I basically I really want a country album from Taylor, <laughs> and I'm trying to follow all the breadcrumbs to this new country album. <laughs> That's all. And and there's the reason why we're talking about this in today's show. <laughs> it's because Katie wants a new country album. But I'm Taylor getting Swift. greedy, right? Because she already gave us two albums this year, and fans are already putting puzzle pieces together that there could be a third in this set. They're they're finding really? yeah, they're finding all the clues. Oh. They think it's called Woodvale. We'll see if that's true. What is it like like a reference on like Night Vale, the, I, the podcast? I don't know what the reference is, um, but they hmm. allegedly, I should say, I have not, you know, been with a microscope in all the album art, but they found the word Woodvale hidden in some album art. Um, I don't know if it was for Folklore or Forevermore, but I have not done this research myself, but this is what the Swifties are out there doing and saying. Um, so maybe that's the country album. Who knows? <laughs> Tweet us Swifties if you have some information yeah. about Woodvale. <laughs> or um, if you know what happened to that man when his wife disappeared from the Olive Garden. Just joking. <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> Don't mind me. All right. All right. Well, now it's time for the chart set of the week. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go. Uh, Katie, as I mentioned earlier, Michael Bublé's Christmas album is a former number one on the Billboard 200 chart. But can you name any of the other nine Christmas albums that hit number one in the history of the regularly published Billboard 200 albums chart, which dates back to March of 1956? Whoa. I really love when I, just, skim, I skim the script and I totally miss a quiz, Katie, that I could be just like thinking about getting my trivia all ready to go well that's the, that's the fun of this <laughs> yes, i mean true. you could probably think of like a couple obvious yeah, ones I th- well the first thing that came to mind is i i think pentatonix has had at least one christmas album hit number one is that true that is true is it only pentatonix one? christmas just one okay yeah pentatonix christmas in 2016 and then i also think our recent guest josh groban might have hit number one Right, with Noel in Noel. 1997. Okay, and then that's where my guess is. <laughs> well, maybe I should make another guess. I don't think Merry Christmas did by Mariah Carey, but I could be wrong. No, yeah. that hit like number four, I believe, number three or four. Are they mostly recent ones, or was there? are they scattered throughout time? Um, there, there are four from 2010 forward, oh. two in the 90s, and then the rest were from 62 or earlier. Did the NSYNC Christmas album hit number one? It did not. I, I tried to help it. 
Um, uh, okay, my la- I'm just going to make a couple more guesses, and then I'll let you just okay. tell us. Um, uh, Kelly Clarkson? Nope. No. Okay. John Legend? No. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Um, think sort of teen phenom. Oh, Justin Bieber, the Mistletoe album. Under the Mistletoe yes. in 2011. That's a great Christmas album, by the way. Uh, I'll give you another hint. Um, someone who came from a reality competition show and was a pop culture phenomenon in the United States and globally for mm. a couple albums, especially her first two. Okay, I, first two. these are great hints. I'm going with Susan Boyle. That's right. Yes. Uh, her Christmas album, The Gift, hit number one in 2010. Okay. Now, the rest of these, you know, we've covered Pentatonix, Michael Bublé, Justin Bieber, Susan Boyle, and Josh Groban. Those were the last five I'm to hit number one. I'm curious about the 90s one. Well, Josh Groban's Noel was 1997. Was it really? No, it wasn't. I was like, that was in the 2000s. <laughs> That was 2007. I, was I think like, I got the date wrong. I know time has no meaning anymore, but I'm certain it's that true. was in this in this. Uh, like Josh Groban wasn't born <laughs> yeah. in 1997. Well, I mean, he was on Ally McBeal, but he wasn't releasing Christmas albums yet. Okay, so I'll tell you the ones from before Noel. Okay. Kenny G's Miracles, the holiday album. Wasn't guessing that. Okay. 1994. And then before that, you really have to go really far back. Uh, Mitch Miller with a holiday sing-along with Mitch in 1962, as well as Mitch Miller's Christmas sing-along with Mitch in 1958. Mitch Miller was huge in the late 50s and very early 60s. You could 100% be making this person up, and I would not know. (laughs) But that's good. Okay, got it. Mitch Miller. Uh, Bing Crosby's Merry Christmas in 1957, and Elvis Presley's Elvis's Christmas album in 1957. Okay, a a better uh, trivia expert than myself would have definitely gotten Bing and Elvis. Those are those are pretty, uh, pretty classic ones. Well, there you have it. All ten of the Christmas albums that hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart. All right, we've reached the end of our. Uh, festive Christmassy Taylor Swifty show. <laughs> Should we go out on perhaps Christmas Tree Farm? Uh, I was gonna say I need to hear some Mitch oh. Miller. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm gonna well, need I'll, a taste of Mitch Miller now. <laughs> I'll I'll pick something from one of the two Mitch Miller Christmas albums that hit number one. Perfect. Uh, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Happy New Night, walking in-